1: This is Laura Dearda with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Bill Gasson, President and CEO of Sanford Health. Bill, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so many exciting things happening at Sanford and really is just such an important time in healthcare right now and especially rural healthcare. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
2: Yeah, gladly. Uh, and again, thanks for the opportunity. I uh, really appreciate the, the chance to spend a few minutes with you talking about matters of uh, significance and importance uh, for Sanford Health. But uh, as you referenced, I think across the country right now, as we find ourselves at a significant inflection point within healthcare. and uh, as the president of Sanford Health, the largest uh, rural health system in the country, Uh, My promise, my commitment to those who I have the privilege of serving, and this organization has the opportunity to serve, uh, is that we are committed each and every day to ensure that one zip code does not limit the level of care that they receive. Um, As you know well, uh, based on our prior conversations and what you hear from our colleagues around the country, that those individuals who live in rural America face some really unique challenges. Uh, We know that there's a a need for uh physicians in these communities we know that they deal with limited resources uh that oftentimes uh, unfortunately they experience a higher rate of poverty and food insecurity as well as chronic disease and so we really see it at sanford health uh, as our calling and our unique privilege to be able to serve uh, those living uh, here in the upper Midwest, especially those living in rural america and this uh, mission is is really personal to me. Uh, I had the privilege of growing up uh, in a home where my mother spent uh, more than four decades uh, serving as an inpatient r n and so I uh, had the opportunity to see my mother, like so many of the talented caregivers who we have uh, serving at Sanford Health and around the country that you know, they're the caregivers uh, on the front lines taking care of our patients every day, and they're also the caregivers on the front lines at home, uh, caring for uh, and helping to provide for their families. And so I am always been grateful for that experience up with uh, in my home. Uh, and then very similarly, uh, my father was very mission driven uh, following his 24 year Uh, career in the United States Air Force. Uh, He then was integral in starting uh, what is today South Dakota's uh, largest hunger relief organization, Feeding South Dakota. Uh, And so seeing him uh, standing in the gap with his team each and every day, uh, helping to try and uh, address those food insecurity issues that we have in many of those communities that suffered most significantly are some of our most rural communities in this part of the country. And uh, then, of course, uh, blessed uh, my wife of now nearly 20 years, uh, when she's not uh, keeping me in line and our five children, uh, serves as a physician's assistant uh, with the uh, Veterans uh, Administration. And so she's been working at the VA Medical Center now for getting close to almost 20 years as well. And so uh, I count it a real privilege uh, to have grown up in a home and to live in a home today where uh, my family uh, you know, has, has sought the calling uh, to be able to meet people uh, both from a healthcare perspective uh, as well as those basic needs of uh, food insecurity and working to address those each and every day. Uh, so I've seen firsthand what it means to uh, address those barriers uh, to access, uh, to help address some of those challenges from a health disparities perspective. And, uh, you know, again, as I, as I referenced before and we will always say, it is a it is a privilege, it's an honor to be able to serve at an organization that has that as its mission. And so at Sanford Health, uh, we believe very strongly uh, in that mission, we believe at this organization that we really stand in the gap, uh, making sure the individuals in this part of the country across the 250,000 square miles that we have the privilege of serving in, that we believe that, but for Sanford Health, but for the talented caregivers, the incredible, dedicated teammates that we have, uh, but for them, individuals in this part of the country wouldn't have access to care, and not just care, but world-class care, and so uh, I'm excited to be able to do that. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of a talented team that serves today 1.5 million patients, over 200,000 health plan members uh, here in in a special part of the country.
1: Well, that's amazing to hear, and really such an inspirational story of all the different uh, family members you have around you focused on healthcare and healthcare delivery. And I know that coming together of services and being able to serve um, the community um, with social determinants of health and all those kinds of things have really, um, in the last several years, more and more integrated into the mission of health systems and healthcare organizations. And so it seems like, you know, you just have such a fascinating, unique perspective um, based on. Your family and your upbringing, and now you know, continue to to bring that into your role as the president and CEO of a major health system. Uh,
2: absolutely, I mean, I, uh, as I stated, you know, just count myself very, very fortunate to have been uh, exposed to and given the perspectives that I have uh, throughout my life, growing up, uh, and then now having that continue. Uh, as my wife, Jill and I have the opportunity and the privilege to raise our children as well. And so uh, to be a part of uh, a family that uh, is sort of a mission verse oriented family and then have an opportunity to be able to serve and live that out uh, in my uh, professional career, uh, I think is is pretty special.
1: That's amazing. And, you know, from your vantage point, I I can imagine you get to um, really see a lot of the great things that are going on within the community as well as within Sanford Health. What are some of your top priorities right now, especially given, um, you know, where things are headed in healthcare, some of the different challenges in, in macroeconomic trends? What are your top priorities as you think about being able to continue to serve the community and continue to provide great care?
2: Yeah, Laura, you bring up a good point. Uh, Again, one of the other special aspects of being able to serve at an organization like Sanford Health that is a uh, 501c3 community-based not-for-profit, we have not only the unique obligation to be able to provide and extend world-class care to every one of our patients in these communities, uh, but because of the nature of our organizations, what we do and what our missions are, we do find ourselves you know, really at the forefront of all of the community opportunities and challenges. And so uh, it provides us with a very unique opportunity across the 300 communities where Sanford Health is present today to really partner uh, with government organizations, other not-for-profits, other business leaders to see, you know, there are certain things that we believe we can address uh, very uniquely from a healthcare perspective. But there are so many of the other challenges and opportunities in these communities that we need to partner with, whether it's, again, addressing food insecurity, whether it's working with schools to make sure that we're providing the best possible environment to see that uh, our young ones are educated and provided opportunities that they need to be successful. And so we can't do it all ourselves, we need to have incredible partners to do that. And again, I think that's one of the special parts of the calling uh, for those of us who have the opportunity to serve in not-for-profit healthcare. Uh, And at the same time, uh, these are large, complex uh, organizations that uh, are addressing large, complex challenges. And so when you think about our priorities right now from a healthcare delivery perspective, it really is, uh, like many across the country, that One of those top priorities for us is workforce, and uh, as we know and has been widely publicized, we've seen a lot of challenges from a workforce perspective, uh, and it really starts and ends with this, that for anybody at any point in time in history to be able to serve in healthcare, you have to really see it as a calling because uh, it's difficult intellectually. It's very difficult physically in many instances, and it's absolutely taxing from an emotional perspective. That's always been there, uh, and I believe it always will be. Uh, as we continue to add uh, to, the, to the work that we do, the innovations that are out there, as we continue to augment our workforce through uh, advancements in technology and digital, at the end of the day, there's still always just gonna be a very personal, a very people intensive uh, quotient to what we do in healthcare. And again, I think that makes it rewarding, but also makes it very challenging. And so when we look across uh, the workforce today, uh, we know that there's, uh, there's a deficit when it comes to the number of individuals who are there based on the rising needs we've seen the forecast. We know that in the years to come, uh, they'll forecast uh, as much of 124, 125,000 uh, physicians that will be a, a delta uh, that needs to be reached between where we're at uh, now and where we'll need to be in the future. And some of the ways that we're looking to address that at Sanford Health uh, is a little bit of a grow our own. Uh, we have been very fortunate through the incredible philanthropy uh, from our namesake and benefactor, Mr. Sanford, uh, to be able to stand up and to fully fund uh, 15 graduate medical education programs. We know from our experience to date that where those individuals uh, do uh, come to for the residencies, where they train at for their fellowships, oftentimes ends up being where they're staying. and so the privilege of training these individuals we see close to 40% of them end up staying with us and we see that as a unique opportunity to not only build out to train the workforce of the future uh, but then also to be able to bring in expose uh, those talented physicians to Uh, our organization and then uniquely the patients uh, who we have the opportunity to be able to serve. And so that's one of the ways that we're addressing uh, some of that workforce gap. We're doing very similar when it comes to, uh, you know, nurse training programs uh, working to both with governmental and non-governmental organizations, working with our colleges and universities to be able to train that workforce for the future. But importantly, we believe that it's not just how do we throw more bodies at these challenges that we really have to think differently about the work that we do. Uh, At Sanford Health, we say often, what we do will never change. Standing in the gap, providing world-class care for our patients, that will never change. How we do that, is changing and it must change as we go forward and so we're doing a lot of work right now in trying to figure out different ways that we can change the workflows modify how we do the work that we do so that one we can pull some of the redundancy we can pull some of the mundane tasks out of the work that we do which should in turn make it a more rewarding career for the individuals who decide to serve in that capacity. And then at the same time, we can drive up our efficiency and then help close the gap as it relates to some of the Delta that we have from a workforce perspective, Uh, And of course, with all the advances that we're seeing right now from a technological perspective, we believe that that will help us continue to close that gap going forward. Uh, We won't be replacing our people. We hope that what we're actually going to be able to do is help make the work that they do more rewarding, more efficient. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we'll help to increase access, help to improve quality for each and every one of the patients who we have the opportunity to serve and do that in a way that's more financially sustainable.
1: Got it, that's, you know, fascinating to hear. And and thank you so much for laying out um, that plan for us because essentially, you know, the the issues you're talking about are certainly issues for health systems across the country, whether it's looking at the workforce challenges or um, trying to make sure that, you know, you're serving people who have not traditionally had access to care for a variety of reasons. And so it's inspiring to see that, you know, you've been able to create some of those partnerships and, and programs that are really making a big difference how do you see Sanford Health growing and evolving over the next two to three years or so?
2: Uh, it's a great question. You know, One of the things that we're very resolute about here at the organization is that as we continue to evolve and change and as the uh, healthcare ecosystem continues to change and mature around us, what will never change for our organization is that strategic aspiration that we want to uh, stand uh, in the gap to be that premier rural health system in the United States. And from our standpoint, what that means, again, as we've talked about today, it's really that focus and that commitment of making sure we do everything we can to add the capabilities to uh, augment the organization that we have today to ensure that we're extending that world-class life-saving care to every individual, regardless of where they live whether it's some of your most densely populated urban communities or whether it's some of the most uh, sparsely populated uh, rural communities that we have the opportunity to serve. One of the ways that we believe that we're going to continue to evolve and change as an organization and be able to achieve that necessary goal of improving access, right? Improving quality and making sure that we uh, drive to that financial sustainability is really by the addition of virtual care for our organization and extending that out beyond what it's been today. Uh, We again have had a unique privilege uh, because of our benefactor and namesake uh, that we have a $350 million philanthropic investment that's been made all focused on the advancement through digital and virtual uh, care for each one of our patients. And so right now uh, and over the last year, we've continued to build out more of that infrastructure. We'll continue to do that in the future. We have that will be opening up in late 24 a virtual care center. There will be sort of a, a central nervous system from which we'll extend out uh, that virtual care that we'll provide, that will allow us to extend specialty and subspecialty care into some of our most rural communities. And that in addition to that, it's also going to serve as an innovation center. That's where we will train, that's where we will work uh, to make sure that the uh healthcare generator or that the healthcare providers of the next generation will have had exposure to and had deep training and understanding how to extend that virtual care into uh, the homes, uh, into smaller uh, clinics, into smaller medical centers, to make sure again, that we're extending out and spreading across uh, the whole uh, breadth of the organization, that type of deep specialty care that we believe is critically important. Uh, We wanna make sure that all that we have to offer is something that we're able to extend into each and every one of the communities that we serve.
1: That's fantastic to hear, and certainly, you know, inspiring that um, you're able to have that type of capability with the virtual care center uh, to really breed innovation within the organization, as well as reach and connect with patients. And especially on, on the rural setting, I can imagine having those virtual capabilities is helpful. Um, from your perspective, obviously, the care providers, you know, having them. Um, be able to transition to virtual is one thing, but when you're working in extending to the community, has there been a pretty good reception to um, the virtual technology side of it? Or, or you, have you had to um, you know, educate patients and really get buy-in, I guess for lack of a better word, um, for this type of transition to be able to do more virtual care?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the, uh, I'll call it silver linings, which I'm always careful to state. Uh, given all the challenges and the uh, horrible difficulties that this country and this world suffered having come through the pandemic. Uh, but having had to go through that and experience that, uh, we've seen not only from a healthcare perspective, but, you know, really across almost all sectors of our economy and uh, our society, a greater openness to Engaging and interacting, whether it be commerce, whether it be healthcare, whether it be just those uh, familial relationships uh, through virtual, and that is something that's helped us in that front. Uh, also, I think there's can be sometimes a misnomer a little bit too about those living in rural America that perhaps there's not a, a receptivity or an openness to uh, you know digital transformation to virtual interaction. But because of the nature of where they live, uh, not just from a healthcare perspective, uh, but we do find that a lot of these communities are not only open to embracing it now, but they've already been embracing it through a variety of different ways. Uh, We've seen, especially here in America's heartland, the way that technology has made significant changes in our agricultural business, uh, the way in which we uh, engage not only from, I'll say, sort of a, a domestic perspective, but also internationally as well. And so as we look ahead to the future, um, and as we go into these communities and extend that care, we are seeing that openness and that receptivity when it comes to engaging with their providers uh, on that side, uh, from the patient's perspective, but then also uh, our providers, Uh, we see a great Sort of, I'll say, level of excitement and receptivity when we extend these services into these communities, where you know, we find individuals that love the idea of saying that I'm going to be the community provider, I'm going to be the advanced practice provider, I'm going to be the physician who is able to really satisfy my desires to live in rural America and raise my family there but then also still be able to practice my craft and be able to serve uh, and practice medicine in those communities. But if you're all on your own and you're on an island out there and you don't have the backing of a health system, that can sometimes be a a scary situation. It can also be challenging for individuals to just uh, strike that right work-life balance but if you know that you've got the backup of an entire system that has uh, the very very fortunate uh, situation to have nearly 2800 uh, providers uh, physicians and advanced practice providers who are there as your backup uh, and to be able to access uh, at the click of a button that really creates a lot of confidence that creates a lot of continuity at the end of the day for us we know that creates the best outcome for our patients. Uh, and if we can balance that, better outcomes for our patients, better access for our patients, and then provide the necessary support for our providers, uh, we think that we're getting closer uh, to being able to hit all those goals that we need to as a health system.
1: That's amazing to hear and certainly great that uh, there's been so much rest, um, I-, I guess, ability to uh, receive the, the virtual care and, and um, you know, enjoy having that opportunity available. Now, from your perspective, i just love to hear before we wrap up, what is one change that you or your team has made in the last year or so that's yielded great results?
2: Yeah, and I don't know if the right time frame, Laura, would say the last year. Um, I'm sure all of us in healthcare feel like we've sort of been dog years right now, and um, difficult to sort of distinguish from COVID and into the financial challenges and crises that we saw through 2022 and the start of 23. But I'll say sometime uh, in these last couple of years where I've had the opportunity and the privilege to serve in this role, perhaps maybe one of the most uh, significant things that uh, my team and I and the board of trustees at Sanford Health have had the opportunity and the ability to do was to really stop. Uh, We found ourselves not only in healthcare, but specifically at Sanford Health going back to almost uh, three years ago now, really at an inflection point, uh, as we went through a leadership transition and I and my team had the opportunity to uh, step into the roles that we're in today, it was really that opportunity to to stop and pause and look at our organization to say, who are we Uh, and who do we want to be as we move forward? And as we had the opportunity to do that and to reset the strategy for this organization, uh, we had the real privilege uh, to be able to stop and say that as we have examined where we've been, where we've come and what we do well to this organization, uh, that was that realization for us and that decision to come together to coalesce around uh, a unified mission and strategy that we were going to continue our pursuit to be that premier rural health system in the United States. That has been a uh, a calling Uh, for this organization. It's been something that has allowed our organization, all of our 45,000 incredible team members, caregivers to come together as a rally cry to say, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is the special place that we have uh, in the healthcare ecosystem. And uh, with that sort of clear uh, clarity for vision, uh, it's really allowed us to continue to examine the decisions that we make, the investments that we make to help move us forward. And so at the end of every decision for us at Sanford Health, we know that there's a patient. And with that sort of as the the table stakes for every conversation that we have, now we layer on top of that, that strategic aspiration that all the decisions that we make have to be uh, leading us towards the uh, achievement of that strategy, which is that we want to be that premier rural health system, sure- that we're, again, continuing to extend world-class care to every single patient who we serve. Um, And I think that's probably been maybe one of the most significant changes for us, if you think about over these last couple of years, uh, that's really provided, I think, the necessary clarity to help uh, chart the future for this organization.
1: Belle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today.